Hey y'all, what's up? This is FaZe. I want to thank all y'all for listening to me, man. I had a I had a nice great 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 year with y'all last year. You know what I'm saying? I went off the charts. I, I see y'all loving me. So let's pump it up this year a little better. You know what I'm saying? I got some new content. I'm going to try to do things a little more different and try to analyze and get y'all to realize what's going on before it get too late. I ain't here for no problem. I ain't trying to start no problems. I just want to learn. I just want to learn. I just want to learn. So I want to thank all y'all. And may the most high continue putting your hinges over you, your friends, and your loved ones. And keep evil away from you, that it may not grieve you. And thank you. And let's have a nice and blessed 2023. I'm going to keep it like an island boy. I'm going to keep it like an island boy. I'm just trying to make and I'm an island boy, I'ma keep it like an island boy. And I'm an island boy, I'm just trying to make. And I'm an island boy, I'ma keep it like an island boy. These streets keep calling me, they don't want me to leave the light behind. Just staring at the stars, wishing I had the time. But my kids need food and my girl needs me. And sometimes I dream that I'm finally free. So baby, don't play me, I ain't no toy I'm a prisoner here, but I still make noise And I'm a child that I'm bowing with all my boys I'm a street kid now, but one day I'll be an island boy I'm just trying to make it, I'm an island boy Island boy, I'm an island boy Bill Gates ain't Willy Wonka. We right. ain't doing this for right. like a competition. There's no golden ticket at the end of this. It's like, yeah, not-for-profit organizations making profit, an incredible amount of influence in areas that he profits from, all sorts of peculiar business practices like in India and on the continent of Africa that have yes. led to like palpable suffering and, and profit in his case. The Africa thing is wild, and that's a, a big part of this, uh, the real Anthony Fauci book. He, he, he talks about Bill Gates quite a bit, and one, one of the things he talks about about is how they've always used Africa as a place where they test out medicines. Yeah. They've used Africa as a place where they test out. And this is another thing that I learned from Alex Jones. Alex Jones was saying that they were giving kids the polio vaccine in Africa and that Bill Gates was involved in this and they had to stop doing it because it was actually giving kids polio. And I was like, what? <laughs> and they pull up an AP article. There was an AP story about this yeah. and it shows this terrified little African baby and they're dropping the polio vaccine in his mouth, like squeezing his face, dropping his mouth. I'm like, what the fuck, man? They gave kids polio with a, a vaccine? Even when you accept everything that they say at this late point when it appears po impossible to do that, they wouldn't release patents so that African nations could recreate the vaccines exactly. over there. So clearly there's a profit motive. And I saw him publicly talk about that and saying, oh, no, it's not as simple as that. You can't just give people the patents and stuff. They, but it seems like if you re recognize that what drives them always is power, finance and dominion, if yeah. you always look at that and then track their actions, you hardly ever see an, a disruption in that pattern. Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation profited 
millions of dollars on the vaccines. Millions, millions and millions of dollars. It's all easy to find. And then once he dumped the stock, then he completely changed his narrative and he started talking about how ineffective the vaccines were and about how the virus wasn't as bad as we thought it was and about it was mostly targeting old and obese people. Like, this is fucking wild, because this is the same guy that through the entire pandemic was talking about how great these vaccines are, and these vaccines are so effective, and they stop the virus, and they stop transmission, they stop infection, and all of that was a lie, and he profited off those lies. Yes. And no, everyone wants to pretend that he's just like this amazing philanthropist. Like, no, he made a lot of money. This yeah. is this is motivated by money, and his entire career, he's been motivated by money. Yeah. I mean, he's been a guy who is really good at monopoly, and that was why they went after Microsoft so many times for monopolistic practices. I mean, it's he's a businessman, and in that time, his business was the business of telling people things that he's not educated in. Right? He's not a scientist. He's not a virologist. He's not a medical doctor, yet he was this public health advocate on television telling everybody to go out and get this medical intervention that he would profit from, which is fucking wild. It's really wild that it's that transparent, that it's not like multiple steps and shell corporations and it's really difficult to find out where the money's going. It's like right there. It's like the Nancy Pelosi stock trading thing. It's like, Jesus Christ, it's right there. Like you knew and so you did that and sold and you did that and bought and you've made hundreds of millions of dollars off of a $100,000 a year salary. Like what the fuck is going on? This is crazy how transparent it is. You're not even hiding it. It's right there. Do you think of the way that you were framed around the pandemic period? It's like, oh, has far-right people on, conspiracy theorists. And of course, they've obviously got an agenda, and it's their agenda that is driving the discourse, not the facts of the matter. And I suppose, in a way, we should be grateful that they are unwilling to have these open conversations, that they're not willing to get people on with various views, opposing views, to listen to people that they disagree with, to openly criticise the establishment. Because what I've been able to learn in the last couple of years is you, if you start focusing on the relationships between big pharma and the media or big pharma and the government just by focusing on that you can really create clear narratives of corruption hypocrisy dishonesty those things are there but me because my background is not a journalist is not a conventional education. I'm sort of open to the more extraordinary, exciting, visceral ideas, which once in a while prove to be true, like the you know the example of Epstein Island. But then yeah. you, you you become kind of porous, and you're like, oh yeah, no, tell me all of this stuff. Right, and then it's hard to sort out the wheat from the chaff. A little bit, isn't yeah. it? And also yeah. your credibility suffers. And it's like you know you've obviously managed to sort of follow, like uh, pursue this path, saying like, I'm a comedian. I'm not like got an obligation. I'm not a journalist. I've got this bill. I'm open to it everybody yeah. but it seems that as the the cultural role changes as the power and magnetism because of the needs because of the necessity because people just aren't like you say the loss of trust in institutions the loss yeah. of trust in authority being open and willing to have those conversations grants you all power and then the commercial power comes and the financial power comes yeah and you suddenly you've got to navigate it and i think it all came together in that it seemed at least from the as from the perspective of an observer in the ivermectin moment that the culture should be able yes. to tolerate a conversation the culture that shouldn't be verboten well not just that but the blatant lies that cnn was telling about it when you had cnn and msnbc and all these different cable news network shows 
calling it horse dewormer when it was a drug that won the Nobel Prize for the inventor of it is a drug that has had billions, literally billions of prescriptions filled. It's a drug that saved lives, a drug that's on the World Health Organization's list of essential medicines. And for them to have the gall and to, to have the, the sheer audacity to just out and out lie to people about what a medication is. And it's used on humans far more than it's used on horses. And that they were calling that horse dewormer to try to mock me because they knew that I was unvaccinated and I kicked COVID very quickly. And yeah. they did not want that narrative out there. And they were beholden to their handlers. They were beholden to the people that give them exorbitant amounts of money in advertising revenue. And they fucking followed in line and they all piled on and they lost a fuckload of credibility from yeah. it. I yeah. mean, if you look at the way people who saw that, how many people saw that and would go, oh my God, they're just lying. Yeah. They're just lying. Like, there's no excuse for that. You can't imagine a, a scenario where they really thought I was taking horse medication. You can't imagine a scenario where they thought that I couldn't get real people medication. You can't imagine it. It's, I'm not poor. I'm not uh, without resources. I'm not confused. I'm not without the recommendations of actual physicians. Like, none of that makes any sense. The, the idea that they could go on television and say, oh, this conspiracy theorist is taking horse dewormer. And that was the narrative, not, hey, how'd that guy get better so quick? Yeah. How is it three days after he got COVID? We shut the whole country down for this thing, and he looks fine. They need, and then they changed my filter and turned me yellow on television. Like, they took the original video of me and ran it through a filter to make me look horrible. It's really, they did some wild shit. But yeah. that wild shit that they did cost them their credibility. I so while we're on TikTok fighting against each other, black men against black women, I want to direct your attention to, to Mississippi. Mississippi has just passed or brought back into law Jim Crow. Don't think for one minute that it's not going to come to these other states. They're just testing the waters with Mississippi. Okay? So while we're fighting one another, white supremacy is waging a war against us. And we're going to have to stop this foolish fighting that don't mean anything. We're gonna to have to create our own think tanks to get us out of this mess that we are in. I can't say it and express it or convey it enough. We are at war. They are at war with the black Americans. And if you care about your children, if you care about your own freedom, y'all better stop playing and wake up and see what's going on. Passing legislation to create a court system to govern only white people. Let's put up the picture here. That is the illustrious capital. This is where all of the legislation gets dealt with. A white supermajority of the Mississippi House voted to create a separate court system, an expanded police power inside of the blackest major city in the United States of America, the city of Jackson, Mississippi. This new court system and this police takeover 
would be orchestrated by a completely white panel of state officials. It is called House Bill 1020. If House Bill 1020 becomes law later this session, which by the way, many are predicting it will, the white chief justice of the Mississippi Supreme Court would be able to appoint two judges to oversee a new district within the city. <laughs> now watch how they're doing it. This new city, one that includes all of the city's major white communities, among other areas, uh, this white city or the white state attorney, uh, attorney general would appoint four prosecutors to this new dynamic within the city. A court clerk would be appointed as well to govern the white members of the Jackson community. And four public defenders would be available for the white members of this new dynamic. The white state public safety commission would oversee an expanded Capitol police force run currently by a white chief of police. In passing legislation to create a court system to govern only white people. Let's put up the picture here. That is the illustrious capital. This is where all of the legislation gets dealt with. A white supermajority of the Mississippi House voted to create a separate court system, an expanded police power inside of the blackest major city in the United States of America, the city of Jackson, Mississippi. This new court system and this police takeover would be orchestrated by a completely white panel of state officials. It is called House Bill 1020. If House Bill 1020 becomes law later this session, which by the way, many are predicting it will, the white chief justice of the Mississippi Supreme Court would be able to appoint two judges to oversee a new district within the city. <laughs> now watch how they're doing it. This new city, one that includes all of the city's major white communities, among other areas, uh, this white city or the white state attorney, uh, attorney general would appoint four prosecutors to this new dynamic within the city. We believe in freedom. We believe in liberty. We believe in rights. The, the, uh, you know, the fact that uh, America views Bulgaria as a colonial subject, and you are a colonial subject. If you look at the relationship, you basically, you do what we ask you to do and you support what we need. So for the Americans to accept this, it would be, it would be, it would, re would be revolting for most Americans. We, because we believe that we are freedom, equality, etc. So rather than focus on this, we allow ourselves to have our minds shaped by a mainstream media that receives the dictate from the government. So we are told uh, that we are, this is about freedom. This is about democracy. This is about liberty. And then we accept. The other thing that happens there is we have to accept at face value without questioning when the government says these people are bad. I'll give you an example, Iraq and Saddam Hussein. I'm not going to sit here and say that Saddam Hussein was great, but I am going to tell you that Saddam Hussein was not the man that the United States 
portrayed him to be. That, but Americans, instead of asking questions, we accepted everything at face value. And it's the same thing with Russia and Vladimir Putin. Today, we have taken this nation of Russia, which is 158 million people, and we have wrapped it into one person, Vladimir Putin. Everything is Putin. Putin, 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 Putin. We don't talk about Russia. We don't talk about Russians. We talk about Putin. And we don't even get Putin right. We just, we've simplified him into an autocratic dictator. That's it. The personification of evil. I have to show this to everybody because I don't know if people understand this, but the vaccine. Mm. Have you seen this? Now, what is that? Hold on, let me get the best view here. Uh, I'll be honest, I didn't get it, never wanted to get it, won't get it. Okay, so this happened last night. Put in House of Bill, six, uh, I think it's 645. Um, this is what it is, Steve, just so you know. That if you are vaccinated, you now cannot, don't, cannot donate oh. blood or organs. Wow, so they're almost treating that like AIDS in the 80s. So hold on, though. Huh. Were we supposed to vaccinate? Uh, it was an option that was forced upon us. So wait up. So now the option has now told everyone, now we can't save another life with your organs or blood. Vaccinated kind of rhymes with contaminated, it seems like. I mean, wait up. Is this kind of, is the conspiracy theorist right on the fucking, yeah, you know, the control or what? Days ago, the 3rd Battalion of the Royal Australian Regiment conducted a PPC training in the city of Townsville. PPC, if you're wondering, stands for Population Protection Control. And yes, it's just as sinister as it sounds. Its tactics are for the military controlling a much larger body of people through the use of force. So what kind of situation is the Australian government anticipating where they might need population protection control? When do they expect this situation to arrive? Our own Australian correspondent, Maria Z, has been tracking this story, and she joins us now. Maria, thank you so much for coming. We appreciate it. Thank you, Stu. Yes, infantry sections integrated closely with military police, uh, arrest teams, detainee processing cap capabilities, and military working dogs to enhance security and crowd dispersion. An official release from defence.gov.au tells us that the Australian military is training to, uh, to turn against their own citizens. Essentially, as you so adequately pose the question, what are they expecting what is the Australian government expecting? What sort of large crowds or unruly crowds are they expecting that the military would be turning to, to uh, training to turn against their own people? Why would the military train to turn against their own people? I sent this on to an Australian, a group of Australian senators, Stu. One of them responded to me saying, Maria, a sign of the times, indeed, if I ever saw one. They are just as concerned as the people, Stu, as you can imagine. I don't know whether this has something to do with the fact that we've just had a recent announcement stating that we've got such dire police shortages that we're going to be importing, Stu, uh, police from overseas who are not even Australian residents or citizens, much like the state of California now um, allowing illegal immigrants to become police. We're doing a similar thing here in Australia. Two and a half thousand police from overseas will be imported. So what I'm seeing here is a pattern, Stu. We're seeing authorities, all of the senior police have been um, ha have been pushed out of the industry and are confirmed by a former police sergeant here in Australia I recently in uh, interviewed to be replaced by New World Order goons. All of the military that this DOD planned bioweapon killed off or made permanently disabled the only remaining ones are the compliant ones, the ones that are willing to serve the New World Order. And that's what I think this is about, Stu. It's very, very alarming to think that our military would turn against our people. Well, I have to apologize on behalf of the United States military and that absolutely 100% behind contracting Pfizer to Australia right now. 
I've been thinking in great detail about this, Stu, and I think it has something to do with what you've just mentioned. See, we're seeing the mainstream media coming out now, shifting narrative, talking about the fact that, the, you know, the Wuhan lab leak and all of a sudden uh, mainstream media is reporting on the failings of health authorities, politicians. I think that we've pushed them into a corner and kudos to people like you, Stu. And can I just thank you because no one else in the world with a platform your size has cared to report as much on Australia as you have. You have recognised that, hey, th these guys are the testing ground. And so thank you for reporting on our country. But I, I really do think that with all of the truth coming out from people like you, from people like me, they're losing control of the narrative very, very soon. I yeah. think we're, we're potentially going to see uh, chaos and it could be a 5G bioweapon deployment, Stu. It could be anything. But the point is they're preparing for it. So we need to be ready. Gentleman from Pennsylvania, Dr. Joyce. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I'd like to address the CMS vaccine mandates because I think we recognize that it has caused a cascade of problems including workforce shortages throughout the United States on all levels. OSHA also released a mandate November 5th, which has been held up in the courts and then subsequently withdrawn. Dr. Walensky, was the CDC consulted in issuing these mandates? The CDC provides um, information regarding the safety and effectiveness of vaccines and has provided the information that says that those vaccines are very safe, very effective um, in preventing severe disease and death, as Dr. Califf just said, as well as preventing some symptomatic disease. Not as good as severe disease and death, but about 50% protection against symptomatic disease, um, even during the Delta and Omicron era. Did OSHA specifically reach out to you or your teams before issuing these mandates? We provide um, our, or our scientific guidance within an interagency process um, that works across different agencies. Dr. Walensky, we're both Johns Hopkins trained physicians. We're both parents. Head Start has a vaccination mandate that is in place. Did the CDC provide data about COVID-19 risk to Head Start aged populations? Um, I, uh, CDC continues to provide recommend, recommendations and, and information, science-based information on the vaccine safety and effectiveness in children and in adults. In earlier testimony, you stated that the vaccine mandates with COVID-19 have resulted in decreased routine pediatric immunizations. Is this not correct? Um, I'm not, I, I would have to go back to the record. I'm not sure I stated it exactly in that way. Do you feel that with the potential of decreased routine childhood immunizations, to measles, to mumps, to rubella. Do you feel the continuation of the Head Start vaccine mandates will put at risk these children or actually have their parents consider whether or not they should continue in these Head Start programs? What I can tell you is that vaccines save lives. Um, that is true in our in our routine vaccination for pediatrics. It is true in COVID-19. It is true in influenza. And I think we should do everything that we can to promote vaccination um, because it saves lives for all of these different infectious threats. I feel that we're subjecting certain populations to more risks than when we recognize that parents are not immunizing their children with vaccine mandates, which we recognize are not necessarily effective, particularly in pediatric populations. I'd like to pivot and talk about the end of the COVID public health emergency. Unwinding the public health emergency will eventually reset the health system back to what was in place before the pandemic, with some exceptions. Unfortunately, and it really is unfortunate, I do not feel that we will restore in our public health agencies the credence that is so necessary at any time soon. Dr. Califf, as a follow-up for my September 2022 letter, with explicit steps, what explicit steps is the FDA taking or will the FDA take to continue to move forward on COVID-19 therapeutics, specifically therapeutics that so many patients continue to need, patients who are immunocompromised, from whether that's from underlying disease or patients who are immunocompromised because they're in the middle of a cancer therapy, patients who are exposed to many different types of infectious disease, particularly to COVID-19. Let's talk about the technical aspects first, and I, I appreciate the question because immuno, you know, millions of immunocompromised people, as you know, in the United States, they deserve special protection. 
we, we have now the ability to make therapeutic antibodies, as you well know, in addition, the first step is get vaccinated, be up to date on your vaccination, make sure if you get infected that you get a, a potent antiviral. Those are available, they're effective in immunocompromised patients as well as other people. My time is limited, please allow me to interrupt. So the therapeutic antibodies, are they effective against the current strains that we see with COVID-19? None of the ones currently available. So are we're talking about what is going to be available. If we recognize that the immunotherapies are not for you, are not effective against the current strains, what do we have to offer these well, patients? Um, I think the way to think about this now is that the technology has gotten so advanced. There's like a library of therapeutic antibodies. Don't be surprised if you see some that were old and didn't work against old strains. Now with the new variants actually becoming active against them. So those are constantly being tested. But we also need to work with the industry to figure out a way to make it worth their while to continue to work in this field. Because what they're looking at is they make a therapeutic antibody, three months later there's a new variant and there's no longer a market for it. One of the real keys to Operation Warp Speed and to what came after was the government infusing money that took the risk away for the industry for being active to use all their capabilities. So we do have work to do there. But the I think, I think my time has expired. I think we have a lot of work to continue to do. And thank you, Mr. Chairman. I yield back. The U.S. Congress has delivered its most alarming assessment yet on the threat China poses to America and its allies, even raising the prospect of Beijing launching a military strike against the U.S. Prime time on Capitol Hill, members of Congress delivered a stark warning. The Chinese Communist Party is a threat to the United States. It is the threat of our lifetime. The newly formed panel on China, a rare show of political unity. This is an existential struggle over what life will look like in the 21st century. And the most fundamental freedoms are at stake. And freedom for Taiwan. Could you envision a scenario of a preemptive attack on America? It's possible. We, we know that the PLA is training for the uh, likelihood that the U.S would be part of the fight. The hearing coming after the U.S. military shot down a Chinese spy balloon. The balloon, I think, is in many ways uh, you know, a metaphor uh, for the, the massive effort at, at espionage. With mounting concerns about aerial and online surveillance through Chinese-owned apps like TikTok. And it's still growing. It's not just dances and, and, and kids stuff. It's becoming a major source of news for a generation of Americans. The White House has ordered TikTok be deleted from all federal government devices within the next 30 days, with Congress weighing a ban for all American users. Like, let me share my information with China if I want to. Like, I literally could care less. Social media, the latest front in a war of words between Washington and Beijing. In the United States, Ashley Mullaney. Well, guys, there's some rumors out there, and I'm sure you've heard them. I mean, it's all over TikTok that uh, this app might go away. They might delete it permanently. And currently they are in Congress behind closed doors voting on whether TikTok stays active or it's permanently banned in the U.S. So... <clears throat> I just wanted you guys to know that when the pandemic turned off the lights in 2019, uh, I lost my job. I didn't have anywhere to turn to. Uh, I didn't have 
anywhere to go to as far as if I couldn't find any source of financial aid. Luckily, I was able to, and um, it was a process. But yeah, I downloaded this app like everybody else, and I didn't know what I was doing. But I'll tell you what, I know I love to entertain and I love to bring smiles to faces and I love to be the life of the party and I, I want everybody to be the brightest they can be every day and I'm happy to be a part of that journey and you guys in all honesty have reciprocated that for me as well. So from the bottom of my heart, I just want you, my followers, the ones that come to my page and support my page and enjoy my goofiness and, and are always there for the, the unknowns that I will bring with my videos, the curveballs, the absurdness. <laughs> uh, I just, I really, really appreciate you all and should this app go away and TikTok is no longer active, um, I am on Instagram. <clears throat> it's not going to be. Governor DeWine, can I ask you a question? No, I don't think so. No? Why did you authorize the controlled burn? Would you have done the same thing in the middle of Columbus, Ohio? Would you have done the same thing in downtown Columbus, Ohio, sir? Okay, I'm being being blocked here. That's that's good. That's nice of you. Ouch! You just stepped. Okay, up. well then get out of my way. I didn't move. I'm just standing. Governor, could you answer that question for me? Would you have done the same thing in downtown Ohio or downtown Columbus, Ohio? TV shot, I guess. Well, you could have answered it before, but you refused. <laughs> I know they're gonna keep trying to block me here. That's 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 nice. It's not really gonna work. Can you just, like, that's a pretty simple question, is it not? Yeah, so you're, so let, let's be clear, you're not gonna answer the question, Governor, right? Okay, well, it's a simple question. I am, you know, I'm, I'm a constituent. No picture yet. Okay, well, we got it. We'll get that set up here. It's a simple, it's really a simple question. Would you have authorized a controlled burn in downtown Columbus? Yes or no? You sound like you don't know the answer because you're not telling me. You don't have to elaborate. This is not, this is not difficult. Back up, please. This is clear he's not gonna answer. Hey man, if you can just back up for He's not gonna, why is he well, not gonna answer the question? Just let him do this, okay? Back up. Don't interfere with what you're doing before. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't touch me, that's for sure. Not that they already haven't done it, but.
Did Norfolk Southern lie about their reasoning? Hello. Morning about emergency landing over the weekend involving former President Donald Trump. Mr. Trump had just wrapped up a speech to Republican donors in New Orleans on Saturday and was returning to his home in Palm Beach, Florida, when, according to two sources, one of the plane's engines failed about 30 minutes into the flight, forcing the plane to return to New Orleans. Take a listen. Just a heads up, 53 Fox 2 there will be uh, vehicles following you down the runway. Sir Fox 2, I appreciate it. The plane, a Dassault Falcon 900, just like this one, was borrowed from a Republican donor. Once it was on the ground, the former president's advisors helped secure a new plane from another Republican donor. Mr. Trump landed safely in Florida. Early. I'm about to get on their ass this time. I'm about to get on their wrong. The police could kill a man on camera and get qualified immunity. And I'm tired of beefing with my own kind. I'm trying to find some unity. Tired of the foolery. The system abusing me. I got to ride with the tool of me. This shit ain't cool to me. But I'll be damned if I let you niggas make a fool of me. So I keep two on me. Uh, I done came a long way from the block with breakdowns. Finally opened my eyes when I had my daughter. Got tired of them shakedowns. The way I survived the game is still pain in my heart. I got a lot to say now. And I'm going to show my whole ass on these motherfuckers. I ain't about to play around. Whatever happened to freedom of speech? Cause they telling niggas what to say now. When guilty ass don't wanna hear the truth, try to act defended, shit pitiful. If I was you, I'd be miserable. This war we fighting is spiritual. In other words, I'm doing God's work when I turn thoughts into artwork. My words fly like darts work, specifically designed to hit the target. They don't even wanna teach history the way it's meant to be because the shit is heartless. I might not change the world, but it's a chance I can spark the brain that's gonna get it started. Many die for me to walk like this, for me to talk like this. Rest in peace to Marcus. Got my eyes behind the scope, and I ain't taking number headshots. I got great aim, but my four five still came with a red dot. I got in this game, and I put this bitch in the headlock. Hey y'all, what's up? This is Faze. First of all, I want to thank the Most High for all He do for us, y'all. No only. And unknown. Second of all, I want to thank Jesus Christ for dying on the cross, bringing us back to the Most High Bosom. Thank you, Yahweh. Thank you, Yahweh Shai. All you do for us, knowingly and unknowingly. I want to thank all my interstate people for listening, y'all. I know you didn't have to do it, but you did it anyway. I want to thank all my out of state people for listening. I know you didn't have to do it, but you did it anyway. I got a sugar down, a sugar down, a sugar down, down. I got a sugar down, a sugar down, a sugar down. Hey, y'all. You know, everybody want to forget our history, right? And um, and push it to the side. I always, I always talk about this nation thing. Everything I talk about is, you know, trying to get the understanding why we don't want to join together and build our own nation like the Most High had it. Instead of falling back on everybody else, you, 
you um you um you you're a black man you're a slave you know your ancestor from Britain is slave so you still taking up the Britain colonialism ways you know you in another man you in another man's how he how he do his thing we 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 two different people we like oil and water and then you, that's why the most I say he, he separated the nation. We weren't supposed to be together like this anyway. That's why the most I say he separated the nation. You 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 tell me what America say is a melting pot and push that and push that and push that and push that and push that, push that and push that. And now they bring everybody else, brainwash everybody else talking about melting pot. That's not what, that's why everybody, you see everybody in their own country, in their own land. Because it was a purpose for that. All these angles and everything. But, you know, I came across uh, a content, man, that kind of, you know, I don't really like talking about this stuff. But, you know, I, I still got to talk about it about how um, our, our curse fit with <clears throat> the curses that we had in the Bible fit our, us other than the people that call themselves Jewish. The people that call themselves Je Jewish never um, fit these curses that Deuteronomy 28 fit. And the, and, and the Bible in Deuteronomy 28, 68 said, you will, be, you will be sold to your enemy for slave man and slave woman. And, and you know, and people want to get slavery, white people want to get slavery wrong with servitude. Servitude, you do a couple of years and then you out on your own. Slavery, you there for generation, 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 and continue. So let's stop playing these little semantic games when you talk about we are my answer with the slave, we are my alleged slave. But right now you getting white privilege. If you don't have no pigmentation on your skin, you getting white privilege. Caucasian. If you label yourself Caucasian, that's all. So we. So I came across here. That's why I don't understand how Caucasian people. Some of them, I mean, most of them, because some of them, little small frame of them understand and feel, and you know, they simply, I can understand that. But the majority of them, oh, it ain't my ancestor, it didn't affect me. Oh, slavery was over with, and all this other stuff, what their ancestors did. And this is why the Bible said that the people right now are going to be punished for what your ancestors had done. This is why uh, Caucasian America need to start buckling up and trying to do the right thing before their time is severely over. You know, we always want to, you know, push off history. We always want to push off whatever. But how come you won't tell about the, our Holocaust? Our Holocaust. Now, hey, um, America, I want you to check out the the... Well, what they say what happened to the Jewish people that they're giving billions and billions and billions of dollars to that is over there in our country than the, uh, us right here. 
We'll give a little something. Have this ever happened? You know, you know, I, I'm going to have to narrate on this real quick so y'all can understand what they talking about as the, as, as the program goes on. You know, they talk, they talking about hanging. So they're going to be talking, but they're going to be talking about hanging. So out of state, this is a lesson that you don't want to understand. And how, how can a country, this is what I want y'all to understand out of state. How can a country come to your country and say, love, 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 love and preach love in your country and show you, try to try to show you how to live righteous and this and that and this. And this is what their forefathers done. You know, the Bible said what, what, what is crooked cannot go straight. America been on crooked all these years, y'all. It can never be straight. Because it, 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 it grew up on crooked. All it know is crooked. It cannot be straight. And then, you, you know, and then they don't even have, they don't have, as a nation, Caucasian don't even have no empathy as a whole nation. Oh, that's a hundred, two hundred years ago. Okay. I want y'all to listen to some fam. You know, I ain't really listened to it. So, you know, if I see something that I need to, ah, it, it's, it's like, a, it's a good one. So sit back and listen. And, and the ones that you don't see, I understand. 20 years, he's found horrifying pictures in the family albums of ordinary Southern homes. Many are postcards that were mass produced as souvenirs. Hang were printed in the tens of thousands and sold for a dime or a dollar apiece. Some of the postcards tell you where to write and the discounts you'll get if you buy one, ten, or a hundred. They were sold in drugstores and pharmacies. They were sold on the street. I purchased a photograph from a woman. The photographer sold them door to door. Now, see, they were selling hanging postcards to white people and selling them door to door, y'all. Hanging white people. Hang, hang, white people hanging black people and hanging them up. And then they take a picture of them and use them as postcards. And they'll save them as like they was Christmas cards. What type of people do that, y'all? No empathy. No empathy. If 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 these people were so empathetic and they talking about, well, this happened this way. So your so did the Jewish Holocaust, did they have that killing hundreds and thousands? You heard them millions and millions of slaves. Did you heard them? And they and they was out there sending them killing them and sending them in postcards and then they had different postcards. It wasn't like one nigga postcard and he had them. My man was going door to door with different types of postcards selling them to these people. Of hanging black people. 
Oh, we should forget the past. Oh, we should forget the past. You got to know who you're dealing with. So is the Deuteronomy 28, 68 coming? To, is it is it flickering? You will be sold to your enemy. Would an enemy do that to you? Who prophecy? Who who what prophecy fit that? Do it fit the Jewish people or do it fit us, Israel? Her mother bought the image for two bucks. A new report on the history of lynchings in the United States and their legacy today. After five years of exhaustive research and interviews with local historians and descendants of lynching victims, the Equal Justice Initiative found white Southerners lynched nearly 4,000 black men and women and children between 1877 and 1950. Nearly 700 of those lynchings were previously unaccounted for. The report details a 1916 attack in which a mob lynched Jeff Brown for accidentally bumping into a white girl as he ran to catch a train. In an example from 1940, a crowd lynched Jesse Thornton for not addressing a white police officer as Mr. In many cases, the lynchings were attended by the entire white community in an area. This rhetoric of states' rights was... See, y'all, you see how bad they was doing these lynchings? For one thing, they was doing these lynchings to put fear in us. This is why we got so much fear in our heart because of these things like that, that, you know, and then the women already know what they are capable of doing. So they instill this fear in us and generation to generation, this fear is in us because these people done tortured us. They don't want to talk about that family. They don't want to, they, they don't want to tell, but they want to tell the world that they living right and you should run after our narrative and we're the people to come over here in the name of God, to come over here and save your soul. And this, this is why I call, this is why I call those, them dudes, handkerchief Negroes. Because you can only you can only keep on supporting uh, they cause the Caucasian cause and that like you know this stuff right here never exists and then you you and you still pushing the narrative you still throwing dirt on it you still you compromise so you can't even say oh uh, what you ain't got you, you somebody got you by the balls I'm gonna say it like that. We got to realize, man, how how this fear is still on us, and then they still got the police shooting on us like that. Still, that's another way of, of putting fear and instilling fear on us. Now, how many people? These people been doing shooting people, black people, and all these, and they make law. They made Obamacare, and they made it so quick. They made all these other laws and statutes, and, and made it and, and manifested it out. But this killing and and all this. And I don't understand why in our educational system that so far, maybe in Baltimore, that uh, in Maryland, I don't know, in the county or the city, whatever, do they have uh, on the board directors of men, black men and strong black women that's conscious and knowing what's going on in the community that can help out? 
Where's the conscious black men and black women? Because all I see is non-conscious, non-conscious black women, and I don't see no men, black men. You know, uh, educational system should should be diverse. You know, should have some um, Chinese or whatever. You know, because they can bring their culture into and make the educational system real dynamic. But they don't want to teach us right, man. They don't want to do right. But we still hitting on this narrative. We still floating on this boat. But it's about to end soon. And you know, and they playing this game with us, man. They keep playing this game. And y'all check it out. Precisely what local states asserted when the federal government began asking questions about why these lynchings were being tolerated. And in many ways, it is that dynamic that set up this era of terrorism. I mean, at the end of the Civil War, you had people who were reclaiming power from free black people. It's really at the beginning of the end of Reconstruction that we see violence and threats and intimidation uh, beginning to assert itself to sustain racial uh, hierarchy. White supremacy wouldn't succeed if it wasn't enforced with violence and threat and terror. A murder that is of particular interest to me was of a 17-year-old boy by the name of Jess Washington in Waco, Texas in 1916. He was seriously mentally challenged. The wife of the farmer that he worked for was found dead. He was arrested. He was brought to trial. Trial took from 10 until 12. And when the jury came back at noon and found him guilty, someone in the courtroom, and it could have been, would have been anyone in the courtroom, screamed out, get that girl. And one of the worst and cruelest treatments of a human being began. Jess was kicked down out of the courthouse, down the back steps where a crowd of several hundred was waiting for him. They put a chain on his neck. There were 16,000 people crowding the street to watch this boy be tortured. Jess was tied to the chain over a branch of a tree. The fire was started. See, that's why you see, he said he got all them people that that um was listening, to, I mean, watching this stuff didn't do nothing. That's why the Caucasian race has got to be the then the nation's got to be. They got to they got to deal with what we got to deal with. We went into captivity, so the Most High said they got to go into cap 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 cap, cap captivity. I ain't say that the scripture said that. In the book of Revelation and the Old Testament. So these, so these people doing all this stuff, they go out here, a mob of them, a mob of them, like that, and they going down there, they kicking them and all this, and all that treating them like shh. Did the Jewish people get, go, go through that? Did, did they have all these people doing that to them? Do that seem like a friend of people around there? To, 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 a friend? This is what these people, this is how much that these people 
how much these people hate y'all, man. Because people who love, oh, things are changed. Thing, man, you think uh, it was a, oh, you, oh, keep it moving. They raised Jess from the fire up into the air so that the crowd could see him. There were cheers, like at a football game, cheering the torturers on. When Jess tried to climb up the chain, hand by hand, they cut his fingers off one by one so that all he could do was slap at the chain. They lowered him back down in the fire. A man came up and castrated him. Another man kept a pole so that he couldn't crawl out of the fire. And time and again, they pulled him up to keep him from dying so that the crowd could be satisfied until he finally died. And at the very beginning, African-Americans were asking the federal government to intervene. They didn't uh, when uh, thousands of African-Americans were being lynched and menaced and threatened and terrorized uh, with no protection and with tolerance from both state and federal officials. I mean, lynching was be it became a really social phenomenon. It became quite intoxicating when people uh, got this power to just abduct folks and to torture them. And so my thing is, y'all, How was black people so scared to fight back against white people back then? When they was doing this lynching, they was asking the federal government to help out. Why? What was wrong with that scenario? Why wasn't them capable of doing that or what else? What, 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 what was the mindset of our people at that time? Was they, they scared? Did the Most High put the fear on them that bad that they were just like animals? But did the Jewish people, people go through this, y'all? Because they say they the children of the book. But did they go through this? You hear the history of our history that, and people, hey, ain't want no such thing as slavery. This is what these people was doing to our people. The Caucasian nation. And it was the whole life. You heard when the man said they were cheering? Cheering? Like a football game. Y'all got to realize, man, so where where where's the empathy in that? And it was happening all over the world. And they went and the black people said they tried to go up there and help and stop this and they didn't want to. So if they was out marching and all at that time when they was killing you badly, and they still doing it the game when they put the legal thing on there and still doing the same thing. Are we still in this curse? Because it got to be a curse. Y'all, it got to be a curse for the, the, our ancestors, our people with so much, we had, we ruled the world, we own things, and all of a sudden, the most I put that, that curse, to put that curse on us and look, 
And look where we at now. But they still doing this undercover though, y'all. And they getting ready to burn this man alive, torture him, cut his leg, then cut his dick off. They cut the man's dick off, everybody watching, clapping. And, and had him slide so he just burned up in the fire, alive, burning up, torturing him. And he get, imagine getting burnt up alive. And they don't cut your dick off and, and nuggets off and you all tortured. They tortured that man. So what is, what? see, murder, murder is no, it, 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 it's no statutory on murder. So all these people, their ancestors and all that, they should, they should have to be paying up for that. That's why the whole nation of America, of Caucasian nation, they got to, they got to, they got to ante up on something. You're going to ante up on the devil or you're going to ante up on the most high. That's, a, that's why the, the Caucasian people going out here talking about salvation, salvation, they going, God going to forgive them and whatever, but they ain't never show no remorse on the black people anyway. They never did. So how you think you never uh, gave um, gave no remorse of what your forefathers did to our forefathers when y'all continue going through their policy on the sneak tip that make it right. And then y'all going to church every Sunday. They must got to be worshiping up the devil. I don't understand. Do they have a spirit? Do they have a soul? Do they have a conscience? I don't understand. Why is this? Oh, say you talking hate speech. You talking hate. Now, I'm talking with my man talking. This is true. Is this true? Did they do this? See, if I would if I would have been talking on my own thing, just talking this like this, then you wouldn't have nothing to back it up. So I always bring my little proof while I'm talking when I'm talking. So nobody won't be getting that scratch trying to feel a certain type of way. Because the truth is the truth. You can't get around the truth. Because if you've been hiding the truth in the dirt, sometimes the dirt gonna fall, blow away, get dug away, or just get moved out the way. But the truth gonna come out and rise, man. And we don't even understand this as a nation, and we always wanna fight each other, but we ain't even concentrating on what's going on with Ukraine. And everything else, man. Let me hear you. I'm running out of my mouth. Go ahead. Engage in this carnival-like atmosphere. They became, for want of a better word, bloodthirsty. And you see some of these counties where you have a lynching, and then that's followed by two or three more in a very short period of time. And what was so traumatizing to people of color is that all people of color uh, were the intended targets and victims of these lynchings. This this was not an act uh, assigned to someone for committing a crime, as you've described. Oftentimes. Would you say, don't get that? He's the all, all black people. Not some of y'all, all. So y'all get that? So how come they don't say that or think about that or talk about that? So see, they was the, see, see how, how, how the system still regulate us? 
All black people are a target back then. All black people is a target right now. And it's been from there and that what changed, y'all? All the changes that delusional that y'all got in y'all mind spinning. Y'all spinning on a delusion. I don't understand this. And people trying to understand why, and I'm telling y'all why we came over here. The Mosaic put us over here in captivity and let the Caucasian man put the one-two on us for, for the captivity. But they took it so far that, you know, I don't think the Mosaic said ain't no coming back. And when the time that we got out of that, out of slavery, and you seen what they did. With them making all these little nigga laws and all these little sticky little little side hustle deals in the back, some sweating palms in the name of keeping them down. Y'all need to get on board, man, and get this information on why y'all getting being target, man. Because y'all always, people talking about, see, this is what I understand. People always talking about the solution, solution. Man, you know what the damn solution is. Back away, off the table, from colonialism, white supremacy, and KKK. And then if you ain't got to deal with them, if you don't like nobody, and they don't like you, why you continue messing with them? Especially, you already know, they already know good. Because they ain't never ever talking about giving you some old damn, oh, we apologize. Nigga, we nobody want no apologies. All you just need to do is just move out the way. But you got a lot of. A lot of them, because if it was one of their brothers or sisters, nephew, cousin, somebody, loved ones or whatever, they'll feel the same way I'm feeling. But since somebody that, you know, in their nation and, and this is what they people been doing and that's the history of them. And this is the history that they don't want white people to know or white white children to know how ruthless and ruthless their uh, forefathers was. How ratchet. How nasty. So all this must be, like the Bible said, nothing crooked come out straight. So you already know this right here came out straight crooked. So you still act like they gonna make a better way and all that. They be calling all this the same thing. Time a bomb. Oh, well, one day we get a black president and maybe he'll change. What did the best thing Obama gave is um, Medicaid and how to be gay. Let's be gay. That's what he did. Other than that, he did some old hot because what he did good outweigh what he did bad. Now look what he did bad. How many lives he took? How many countries he went over there and decept? How many How many stuff he did over there? What he did to, to um, uh, the civil rights? How he watered the civil rights bill down? 
Look at all that other stuff. But y'all want to run because somebody looked like us. Y'all want to run and be like, Ey. and y'all don't even know his policy. You don't even know how he rolled. You just because you want to see a black face. Get the black face, get the right one. All this, all this want to sit back and be clownish. Man, them days is over with. People were being lynched uh, for no criminal accusation at all. Jesse Thornton uh, was an African-American man in uh, Laverne, Alabama. Uh, and in 1940, which is really toward the end of the lynching era, uh, he addressed a police officer by his name. He didn't use the term. He said 1940 is really when they stopped doing that heavy lynching. 1940, they stopped doing that hanging, but they still doing it on the slick Rick Rick Rick, on the side hustle. You see, they went up here by the time I, I by the time our forefathers came up here in 1800s, right? Until the time, probably right now. But you know, they was doing it real strong right back in that era. And they don't think nothing wrong with it. They don't see no apology. They, they, they don't see the other side of the coin. What's the other side of the coin, man? We just see one side of the coin and we think because they perpetuate perpetuate how 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 this should be and put all their narratives and everything up on there. I'm like. Um, the, the title Mr. And that was considered such a violation of the racial norms and values that uh, the officer organized a mob and they lynched him. Uh, well, you know, in Blakely, Georgia. Uh, See, police, slave patrol, got a mob. And then what they do. This is what the police do, y'all. They was doing it back then. They still doing it right now. Are you free? Because you act like because you got a job and you, you know your job taking care of you with colonialism, white supremacy, and KKK. But at the end of the day, <coughs> if it becomes a race war, or something, like the Bible said, if the prophecy comes true that there'll be a race war, um, you still gonna get chopped as being black. African American man, William Little, came home from World War I wearing his uniform, and people were offended, annoyed that he had on this American uniform, and he was lynched because he refused uh, to take it off. A black man running to catch a train bumps into a white girl. He's lynched uh, for that incident. This violence, this terror, was really aimed at sustaining racial hierarchy, keeping black people in their place. Uh, and in many ways, uh, it was uh, quite uh, uh, intoxicating. You could see whole communities uh, getting involved in these acts of violence and, and really being uh, quite uh, 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 grotesque about the way they carried them out. But hanging was preferred because it lifted these bodies up to terrorize and taunt communities of color. Some people even brought children and picnic baskets to these brutal murders. Others took photographs of the victims, using them to produce lynching postcards. With law enforcement so often negligent in the face of lynch moms, it took a revolution in public opinion to bring an end to lynchings as a public spectacle. 
These public spectacle lynchings that we document in our report are horrific. 10,000 people showed up in Paris, Texas in a carnival-like atmosphere to watch a man be tortured. Uh, some of these executions, we have one in Dyesburg, Tennessee, where the man had his eyes uh, gouged out. He was burned. He was uh, mutilated. And thousands of people witnessed this. And Brian Stevenson, while your report concentrated on the southern states, and obviously lynching was most intensely practiced against the African-American community, it was also widely uh, practiced against uh, in, the Mex in the old Mexican territories that were the United States, like Texas and New uh, New Mexico, Arizona. I've seen one report where as many as 600 Mexicans were lynched between 1920, uh, uh, between 1848 and 1928 in the old, in the Southwest. And you're absolutely right. In our full report, we actually talk about the, the lynchings of uh, Mexicans and Mexican Americans. And they had many of the features that are evident. See, told y'all, told y'all crazy Latino, we the same people. We went through the same quarrel, messing with the same people, put us in the same situation. And y'all want to fight against us. They got y'all fighting against us, us against y'all. And we've been, and, and my man already said, they always getting hung as well. So who was hanging y'all? But y'all want to be like, y'all want to be, I want to be white man. Yeah, that's his dream. That's your reality. But, you know, we got some handkerchief Negroes. So we can have some handkerchief Mexicans. You know what I'm saying? Y'all go through that too. In the lynchings of African-Americans, they weren't being lynched for accusations of crime uh, necessarily. There were Mexicans uh, that were lynched for speaking Spanish in settings where people didn't want to hear Spanish. And you're absolutely right, in the border states in particular, this phenomenon of lynching directed at Mexicans and Mexican-Americans was a very real threat. You go to Germany now and you are forced to deal with the legacy of the Holocaust because there are markers and monuments everywhere. We do the opposite in this country. Uh, we celebrate the things, in my judgment, that we probably shouldn't be celebrating. In all of these states, you find Confederate memorials and monuments everywhere uh, dedicated to the people who were defending slavery, trying to preserve slavery, and yet nothing about the pain and anguish and suffering and injustice that those institutions created. A man in Aberdeen, Mississippi, knocked on someone's door in the front, and then he was chased and ultimately lynched because he didn't go to the back of the door, which is where people of color were expected to go. And about 20% of these 4,000 lynchings were lynchings for basically social transgressions. Uh, many African-American men were lynched because they had notes or letters to, to young white women. And oftentimes, uh, people would be lynched for accusations of rape or murder when two or three days later, uh, the alleged murder victim would show up in town saying, no, I was just gone for two or three days. Or the uh, rape victim would say, I was never the victim of a sexual assault. And this hysteria was deeply, deeply disruptive to people of color. One of the things that we discovered that I was particularly moved by were people who told us that they sent thousands of people away, their relatives, their friends, because they'd have an encounter with somebody in town and they thought the encounter might have been misinterpreted and they feared the mob might show up and so they would send their dad or their child or their sister or their sibling uh, to the north because they feared what they called a near lynching nobody talked quote good old days of the early 20th century Jay
Got the main ones I'm watching on my throne. Created everything, but I called you my own. That land I gave you put my name on it, my home. Yeah, that's my home. Israel, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. I made a promise, can't nobody take it. I chose to put you above all the nations. Out of your graves, I chose to awaken. We made a covenant, don't you forsake it. Come get protected while they going crazy. Israel, my firstborn, my baby. Israel, my firstborn, my baby. I woke you up in your land of captivity. I do not change, I want you to remember me. Laws and commandments, I gave you the remedy. Go read the testimonies for your memory. I sent them promise, but you wasn't hearing me. I come to you if you really come near to me. I heard your cry, now it's time to take it to me. I don't know what got you from all of your enemies. Ooh, you know, open the sea. Them waters were bitter, but I made it sweet. In case you ain't know how to swim. I'm, I'm your protector, so I made you walk on your feet. This a reminder you married to me. I just want you to be all I called you to be. They called you niggas, but I made you priests. I'm about to give you back everything. I'm sending plagues for you. I'm sending boys drying up rivers. I leave them dead for you. Tell Pharaoh, let my people go. You heard what I said for you. Tell Pharaoh, let my people go. You heard what I said for you. For you. You only have I known. Y'all the main ones I'm watching on my throne. Created everything, but I called you my own. That land I gave you put my name on it, my home. Yeah, that's my home. Israel. I'm the reason you in the captivity. We made a covenant, you ain't remember me. Sent your enemies. Get out my lane since you was inferior. I'm, I'm, I'm the reason they put you in chains. I'm the reason they switched up your name. I'm the reason why you in the hood. I'm the reason of all your pain. I'm sending flows fast daily. Think I don't love you. Y'all my babies. Gave my son. Must be crazy. Come out that system. Come out of that lady. They got that military. It would not phase me. It would not move me. It would not graze me. Remember Egypt. I did all that for my people. on my throne, created everything, but I called you my own, that land I gave you put my name on it, my home, yeah, that's my home, you only have I know, y'all the main ones I'm watching on my throne, created everything, but I called you my own, that land I gave you put my name on it, my home, yeah, that's my home. He's real.